Welcome to Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. This is a podcast by growth group leaders for growth group leaders. Thanks for joining us today. Here are your hosts. Hello, growth group leaders, and welcome to another week of Propagate. I'm your host, Josh Smith. And let me finish up that text message I was just sending. So sorry about that. This is Zach Dietrich here. <laughs> and today, you guessed it, Third Thursday Theology. It is Third Thursday Theology, a topic that I blatantly ripped off from another podcast, but I don't care because I like it. And uh, I think you guys just listened to a podcast that we interviewed him on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, on November 4th, I think was the date we released an episode where we interviewed Bob Thune. And that would be a great episode to go back and listen to if you haven't listened to it yeah. yet. Probably one of my Probably favorite Probably didn't get done. all of you can get out of that by one listen. No, so, there yeah. was a significant amount of stuff in that podcast. So well worth the time. So we're going to try to dial it back a little. And what we're going to be talking about this week as we discuss the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is spirit baptism. Oh, everybody's favorite subject right there. Yeah. So when I say talk about one thing, uh, immediately 30 things come up into everybody's mind as to what in the world is is spirit baptism. Yeah. Like, ooh, when did that happen? Uh, did I get did I get baptized on a different day? Or did it happen when I got baptized with water? What did it feel like when I got baptized by the Spirit? Like, no, actually, that's not what we'll talk about. But yeah. We'll address some of those things. They'll, they'll fit into the conversation because uh, we, in doing Third Thursday Theologies, don't just want to give you good doctrine. We also want to point out to you bad doctrine. So uh, it'll be a, a, a both and kind of thing. But within the word, within the doctrine of spirit baptism, the biggest thing you need to understand is what does baptism mean? Yeah. What so does baptism mean? Baptism doesn't just simply mean that we mentally assent to a set of truths about the spirit or about uh, salvation. Baptism, and we're going to talk about the connection between water baptism and spirit baptism, but Baptism means identification. Baptism is participation in something. Yeah, the, the word baptism itself, it, it's, it's a Greek word. It's what the theologians call transliteration, where they take a Greek word and they simply uh, put English letters on it and pronounce it the exact same way. So baptize is from the Greek word baptizo, and uh, it means to dip, to submerge. It has the idea of being completely enveloped within something. It's yeah. uh, So it's more than just looking at water and saying, oh yeah, that's water. But it's saying, I really want to be in the water. And then doing a cannonball as you jump into the pool. Um, that's what baptism is uh, to an extent. Yeah. So like nobody actually, like if you're going to have an Oreo right, you have to baptize the Oreo because uh, you don't wouldn't want to sprinkle it. Right. You don't want to sprinkle it. You don't want to take the, the mini Oreos and, and do it that way. You want the full-grown ones. Uh, <laughs> that was a really bad joke. But, uh, yes, the best way to eat an Oreo is by dunking it in the milk, not sprinkling it Baptizo with the Oreo. Or pouring pouring the milk on top of it just sounds messy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so water baptism. I'm, I'm seeing, like, a... I, I'm seeing a 
I'm seeing a fun video for us to make sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. We might have a special episode of Propagate where we show you. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so water baptism is, like Zach said, it's not just mental ascent, but it's identification with and participating in a particular set of beliefs and a particular lifestyle. How is water baptism a picture, Zach? What is water baptism picture? So the, the most clear passage on baptism is Romans 6, when it says, uh, Do we not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So baptism is uh, immersion, or it's a, a participation in the the symbolism of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so that's why we think that the meaning of baptism uh, best uh, is best depicted by the mode of immersion, where we are go down into the water, and then we are there, symbolizing our burial and our death, and raised back up again in the symbolizing newness of life. So it's it's both a picture in that it pictures the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's also participation because uh, in in the Old Testament you actually have baptism, you have ritual washings mentioned, and a lot of that was done in uh, baptismal tanks, for lack of a better word, in Jerusalem. And what this did was mikvahs pe- is the right word. Mikvahs, what you're looking for. Yeah, yes. I was I was just calling them baptismal tanks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Did you just sneeze or something? (laughs) Mikvah. But they would be baptized when they identified with their need for salvation and partnered with what God was doing to save them. And it was a sign of their partnership with how God was working through the nation of Israel. And that's what it was for the local church as well. Uh, When you have John the Baptist in the Gospels baptizing people in water, they didn't just hear about it and assent to what John was saying, but they left their homes. They went out there so they could identify with it. So there was some participation, and then they walked down into the water to be baptized by John. And they participated in that saying, yes, I agree with what John is saying, and I am going to repent of my sins uh, and be baptized like his message proclaims. So it is both doctrinal and it is what you participate in, a change of lifestyle. It's synonymous with that. Spirit baptism is similar. It's both picture and participation. And now we're going to get on one of Zach's hobby horses, union with Christ. Because if water baptism is a physical and tangible expression, it has to be an expression of something. And spirit baptism is the spiritual reality that water baptism uh, represents. Yeah, so when we come to a passage like Romans 6 and we look at it, Theologically, sometimes people will ask the question, is this talking about water baptism or spirit baptism? And I think if we were to ask the Apostle Paul, he'd be like, I don't really understand your question. Like, like I, obviously, I mean both of them. And uh, if we think about what each one of those means, well, that makes more a little more sense. So, like, when does water, water baptiz- baptism occur? We would argue that it occurs sometimes after salvation. When does spirit baptism occur? will eventually argue that it occurs at the moment of salvation. Who receives water baptism? 
all believers who uh, who is baptized by the Spirit, all believers. Uh, what does what does water baptism do? It identifies us with Christ. And what does spirit baptism do? Then it identifies us with Christ. Uh, what does water baptism signify for the entrance into the body of Christ? Is like that's that's how we actually join a church. Uh, we join a church, and that mirrors the spiritual reality of what happens when we are placed into the body of Christ at spirit baptism. Yes, the uh, the water baptism in which we participate identifies us with the message and the lifestyle of the gospel. The spirit baptism in which all believers participate is baptism into the body of Christ. And it signifies that we are one with Christ. Christ is our head. The body follows what the head head commands. And the body is also unified within itself, even though it is made up of different parts. We will get more to that when we get down to 1 Corinthians 12. So let's just quick do a, a summary, a very short biblical yeah. theology yep. of and you baptism. Really, you really, uh, that's really important for you. you. You always like to ground theology within the scope of all of Scripture, uh, not just uh, piecing different p- uh, passages together. So well, yeah, why don't you just walk us through the Gospels, yeah. and then we'll talk about Acts, and then we'll, we'll start to piece and put the pieces together. We, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, baptism didn't start in the New Testament. It was something that was practiced in Old Testament Israel. And uh, so when John the Baptist comes on the scene in the Gospels baptizing people, people knew what baptism was. They knew it was identification with a message and participation in the lifestyle of that message. What John was different with, though, is that in the Old Testament, baptism was a ritual for Gentiles who were proselytizing and John, in calling now Israel to repent, yes. is calling Israel to be baptized. And that is very significant because it signifies a change in God's operations, whereas the nation of Israel would call Gentiles into the covenant of Israel. Now, John is calling Jews into uh, God's redemptive pur- purposes for the Gentiles through Christ. And what John said was, I baptize you with water, but there is someone coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy of tying, of untying. He will baptize you not with water, but with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So you have John the Baptist. He's saying Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then you get to Acts 1, right before Jesus ascends. He says to the disciples that they would soon be baptized with the Holy Spirit shortly after his ascension. Right. And in Acts 2, you see that happen. Uh, the, the disciples are all gathered together on the day of Pentecost, and the Spirit descends on them, uh, indwells them, fills them, gives them uh, gifts, and baptizes them into the body of Christ. And, and maybe I just thought of something, and so you can tell me if I'm on the wrong track here, but I, I just connected the dots, but uh, um, Acts 2, Spirit baptism, excuse me, Acts 1, Spirit baptism, Acts 2, water baptism. Uh, right there as well. So I, yes. I don't know if that was within Luke's theology uh, that he was trying to develop, but it's at least uh, somewhere that they're so close together right there. Right. I, Because Peter, he, he gives this message at, on the day of Pentecost, and everyone's just like, well, what do we need to do about this? He says, repent and be baptized. 
And that's exactly what John the Baptist said. Repent, turn from your lifestyle, live for a different lifestyle um, because of the message that is given for that lifestyle. So it all goes back to Christ being the Messiah, Christ being the Savior of the world. And when you believe that, you are baptized into the body of Christ, which is spirit baptism. And it is automatically, naturally, and necessarily followed by water baptism. They, uh, that's why Paul would have been confused with the question in Romans 6, are you talking about spirit baptism or water baptism? Because they are so closely tied. The water baptism is a picture of the spiritual reality present within right. Paul water Paul wouldn't have baptism. said you got spirit baptized when you got water baptized, but like the reality is so right. close to one another. It'd be like somebody... Uh, we we might use pictures of like a wedding ring. Like, did you did you get married when you got the ring? Um, no, but like they're so closely tied together that like we we can speak of of wearing a ring and getting married uh, synonymously. Yes, so, and yeah. uh, that's a, a great illustration, Zach. So the Apostle Paul later explains what spirit baptism is in First Corinthians twelve. But like Paul, he doesn't just do that for the sake of like teaching deep theology, it's always grounded within practical ramifications for the local church. And in 1 Corinthians, as he's speaking to a divided body that's obsessing over gifts in an unhealthy way, he wants to show them what it means to function as one body in Christ. And one of the ways he does that is showing them the power of spirit baptism. So 1 Corinthians 12 says, and I'll actually begin before the important verse here, but 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For just as in one, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. He's calling for unity and the use of different gifts in the body. And then verse 13, this would be a, a verse worth memorizing, or a, verse, a reference worth remembering, says, For in one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. And this is the single most important verse when it comes to talking about spirit baptism because Paul explains it so clearly within 1 Corinthians 12. He, he starts off in verse 13 saying, We were all baptized by one spirit into one body. So we ask the question, which Christians are baptized by the Holy Spirit? According to this verse. Right. According to this verse, all. Like, all so of them. Like all, all believers, not just the special ones, not just ones with the second work of grace, uh, but, but all believers. And this is a very important point to make because uh, there are many people who will say that spirit baptism is an event separate from salvation, where there can be numerous Christians in the world, but they don't have as good of a relationship with with Christ because they haven't been sanctified to the point where the Holy Spirit baptizes them and gives them a particular set of gifts. Yeah, And this is what uh, Paul is trying to go against, actually, because what Paul is doing here in 1 Corinthians 12 is he's addressing a church that has emphasized certain gifts over others. And that is exactly what some within the modern church have done, where they've said, you can't truly be spirit baptized until you've received these certain gifts. And they've made them out to be the pinnacle of 
of the spiritual gifts, when in reality, Paul here is saying, no, spirit baptism does not lead to certain gifts, but instead, every believer, regardless of gifts, has been baptized. <laughs> so, going to be really spirit. blunt, You're, the modern Pentecostal movement that teaches that the baptism of the Spirit is a second work of grace that is manifested in tongues and available to all people is actually doing and saying the exact opposite of what the Apostle Paul is saying. Yes, they are committing the exact same sin that the book of 1 Corinthians was written against. Yeah. And they are using... First Corinthians to justify it. Yeah, I, I might add another verse in here as well, if you that would demonstrate that uh, all believers are spirit baptized. Would be Ephesians four when Paul reminds the Ephesians that there's one Lord, one faith, one, one baptism. baptism. Again, what what is it? Speaking of water baptism or spirit baptism, uh, my answer is still Paul would be really confused by that question. So both in First Corinthians. 12, Romans 6, and now I'd even say Ephesians 4, that uh, both uh, spirit baptism and water baptism are in mind as implications maybe we can talk about later. But according to this verse, all believers are baptized by the Spirit into what? What does this verse say? Right. So it says that the Spirit is the one who is baptizing us or uh, connecting us or uniting us into the body of Christ. The body of Christ, not the head of Christ, but the body of Christ. That's an important distinction because Christ himself is the head and the body does what the head tells it to. So we are united as believers into one body, the body of Christ. This is incredibly important because it doesn't mean that we are just unified with Christ, although that is a huge focus, but it also means we are unified with the other members of the body of Christ. Right. And this isn't just First Corinthians. This is uh, Colossians. This is Ephesians. This is uh, all throughout the writings of the Apostle Paul. And this brings us back to that picture and participation aspect we were talking about earlier. Spirit baptism, it pictures our union with Christ, and uh, the participation is in Christ's body. So, uh, it is both of those things simultaneously. We are one with Christ, and we function in community with other believers. That that sounds like the what what we do here on Propagate, right? We right. exist to multiply healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. That yeah. is community, and uh, the Word is the message of Christ, the message of the gospel, and we want to be unified with one another so that others are also being brought into Christ's body. So this brings us back to the practical ramifications of this. Theology doesn't exist in a vacuum only for Zach and Josh to debate up in the foster closet on Propagate. Uh, it, it exists for the health of the church, and that's uh, the primary point that Paul is trying to make when he talks about uh, spirit baptism in 1 Corinthians, thir- excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12. So when we have this uh, this picture Paul is laying out. We are all members of the body. He is applying this in very practical terms as it relates to spiritual gifts. And spirit baptism is closely related within this chapter to the expression of gifts in the community of the local church. This is incredibly important. And what he says here is we, a group of people, 
are individual members, uh, individual members of Christ's body. So we as individuals, individual members, that is who we are, not necessarily what we're doing, although it's hard to separate the two, but we as individuals are the members of Christ's body. Therefore, the gifts to the church, to the body of Christ, are the members of Christ's body. This means we as individuals are the gifts to the church, not the That's gifts, good. not the uh, the practical outworking of the gifts themselves. Mm-hmm. God has given us, uh, God has given you as a growth group leader to this church, to the universal church as a whole, yes, but also to this local church um, to be part of the body of Christ. And the same goes for all of the members in your growth group. And uh, our church functions in a way where we have Sunday mornings, growth groups, Wednesday nights. These are all gatherings of our local church. And every single one of our group members, every single one of our uh, Soteria kids workers, every single one of our pastors, every single one of every person within this church has been providentially and sovereignly given to this church by God. And it is not a mistake, and we all have a part to play. And this this is the reason why we're focusing on spirit baptism for Propagate, because spirit baptism uh, affects every single one of us, brings us into this community, and it fleshes itself out by God giving each of us to one another in union with Christ. Hopefully by by just reviewing some of this theology together, we are remembering and seeing the connections between a lot of the applications that we see here at our church already. We talk a lot about baptism. We talk a lot about church membership. Why? Because we think the Bible talks about that. Yeah, uh, and we're a Baptist church. Yeah, but <laughs> being a church member isn't like being a part of a country club. Being a church member is being literally a member of the the body, a part, a hand, an appendage, a, a uh, an organ of the body that is all there for the health of the body. So if you haven't been baptized, or if there are members in your growth, growth group who have not been baptized, an application of spirit baptism is to be baptized by water. And uh, this is something you can uh, lead your groups towards. Uh, as a group leader, you are partners with the pastors in shepherding the people within your groups. So that means you need to know where are they spiritually? How, are they church members? Have they been baptized? Are they actually Christians? What do they believe about the uh, the gospel? What's their testimony? Yeah. And uh, uh, if if they've not been baptized, you and the pastors should work together to um, help shepherd your group members toward getting baptized. We also want to intentionally invest in the body of Christ because we are one within the body of Christ. In the same way that wouldn't make sense to have a an infected and worthless appendage upon our body, we don't want to have people to think that they're not valuable as well. So we, we intentionally invest with the gifts that God has given us within the body of Christ. One of the gifts is just being present, is being present with one another. Yes. And Paul actually goes through 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and expresses what intentional investment into the body of Christ looks like, where yeah. uh, you go down further in 1 Corinthians 12 after saying we've all been baptized by the Spirit into this one body of Christ. 
in verses 20 through 23, he emphasizes the differences of gifts, the differences between the people, the diversity that exists between church members. Uh, There are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. He's not saying that certain group, uh, certain gifts are less than the others uh, in this context. But what he is saying is that each person, uh, no matter the gift, deserves honor and respect with their with the gift that they are to the church. So um, how do we apply spirit baptism to growth groups? By honoring one another, um, not exalting certain group members over others, but um, really giving good, yeah. honor to all. Yep. Uh, and we not only honor one another, but we also uh, serve one another. We, we use our gifts, as Paul goes on to say in the, the following verses. You just summarize it and say that we are called... Uh, to, to serve one another. And when we when we think, I don't have anything to offer, we have misunderstood what it means to be united to Christ and to one another. And the goal of this uh, service is in verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 12, so that there would be no division in the bodies, but that the members would have the same concern for one another. There's not division, but there's unity because they are serving one another rather than only seeking out uh, their own interests. Uh, He applies it particularly to suffering. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Uh, We are to come alongside one another in sorrow and in joy for the purpose of serving one another and being unified in Christ's service of us. The culmination of this within the body of Christ is that we would love one another. And and now we get to 1 Corinthians 13, the famous wedding passage. But you all know as growth group leaders that in context that this is the culmination of teaching about spiritual gifts uh, within the church. And, and he speaks of the importance of having love for one another. The emphasis is not on what spiritual gift you are to the church, but are you being a gift to the church through loving them. So, Josh, uh, let's pretend we have a theology test, and the question is, what is spirit baptism, and why does it matter? What is your answer? Spirit baptism is based on Christ's saving work of the church, and it is expressed through submission to Christ in community with other believers. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Third Thursday Theology as we've been exploring the work of the Holy Spirit, especially as it connects to the Gospel of John. We'll look forward in the future to talking about what it means to be filled by and gifted by the Spirit. Thank you for joining us today on Propagate, where we grow in community by multiplying healthy groups through the ministry of the Word. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening. Propagate is a ministry of Soteria Church in West Des Moines, Iowa. To learn more, visit SoteriaDSM.com today.